afternoon to you and um, that was Malay you made my make you make my heart go really like that song I love her voice so this afternoon I'll be speaking to um, a friend of mine Tulani Machere and um, I worked with her I worked with her for Tulani five years yeah it's been five it's years, been five years. so we worked five together years. for five years and Tulani will tell you a bit more about herself but what I love about what she's doing and the reason why she's in studio is because she's working with an, um, a teen magazine, an online teen magazine for young girls called Choma. And Choma is such a wonderful initiative in that young girls get to use social media platforms like Facebook and primarily mix it to talk about issues that are affecting them. Mm. And if you thought that teenagers and young girls are, are, are obsessed with sex and they're bonking like rock rabbits. You will be surprised. So welcome to Lani. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Cindy. And I think before we dive into the show, um, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell me a bit about your history and just yeah, give us, yeah, who are you? Who is Tulani Machiri and hmm. why are you so passionate about what you do? Tulani is one, one tiny little girl who's dynamite. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but you know what? You are. Dynamite does come in small packages. packages. <laughs> so, so I'm Tulani Machir, I work for HIVSA, but uh, besides what I work and who I work, I have a large person for adolescents, I've got a large passion for adolescents, and my background is psychology, so I think that's where my interest came from. I think, um, I mean, when I was young, I went through a couple of things, and I had questions I wanted to ask myself, and I had this thing to deal with people and communicate with people and always interact with them. And, if, you know, at the beginning, Cindy, I thought, should I be like some kind of presenter because I talk to people all the time? Should I be some kind of, you know, mediator because I talk to people all the time? And I thought, what a great platform to use. If I like adolescents and I like talking about them and understanding human behavior, how about I get into a job that talks to them all the time and tries to find out why they behave the way they do, why they think the way they do, instead of assuming. So I think Hutulani is... Someone that likes working with people Talking to people mm. And more than just talking to people You know, um, instead of sitting back And being one of those people You know, in the population Who kind of says People are like that I like uh, finding out Why be certain behaviors take place I like understanding Why the mind works In the way that it does And I like also finding solutions So the other thing that I think I went more into communications now than psychology was the fact that I also realized I wanted solutions. And yes. this is with no, I mean, you know, um, you know, looking down on any other career, but I'm saying the fact that, um, I did not want to just find out. I do yeah. not just want to find out how they're thinking or how they're behaving. I also wanted to have solutions. So, yeah. to help these young people try and solve it. Why the way they feel? I mean, think about it, Cindy. When you're an adolescent, you are going through new developments all the time. There's so much There's happening. There's so the much time. happening. You're going through physical changes. You know, uh, you, you know, your mind is starting to work different. You're seeing all these things. You're feeling all these things and you don't understand them. And I think my one thing as I started growing up is I think I matured a bit too fast and I started mm-hmm. asking myself why. So, when I didn't understand how other teenagers would behave, and this is when I started looking into this and looking at how, why do they go through these behaviors and why they become the people they become? And why is it then people suffer traumas like I had in my past? Why does it take long? Why does it take shorter for other people? Yeah. Why does she behave like this? Um, suicide. Why would a young person want to kill themselves? Yeah. So for me, it's that interest in human behavior, but most particularly adolescents. And that's so important because I think teenagers are very unlucky and that we all know what they're thinking without really asking them. We make yes. so many assumptions about their lives. But if you've just, you know, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to um, Dr. Cindy Fansale. Um, it's a health hour. Um, I'm on Twitter at 
DocCindy, D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I. You can also tweet us at cliffcentral.com and you can catch us on WeChat, um, Cliff Central, and you can call in and um, ask questions, 0861-555-189. So let's talk about sex. I think I really want to start off by speaking about sex, Tulani, and I think the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're here is because yeah. you and I have chatted before. We're very open and honest about sex. Of course. So I know that your platform, Choma, the yes. magazine, has a mixed platform. Yes. And people can, can chat about anything. They're moderators and um, sex comes up. But does it come up as often as people assume? Are teenagers really having sex as much as we think they are? No, we are over overthinking it. Teenagers do not have sex as much as we think they do. They're talking about more loving relationships than they're talking about sex. And mm-hmm. remember that because Trauma is a girl and young woman magazine, so we deal predominantly just for people, just to give people a brief background. Because we deal with girls uh, between the ages of 15 to 25 and young women between the ages of 15 to 25, most of the people, 80% or 75% of the people that we speak to are females. Mm. So what people usually assume, uh, you know, when you start changing the way you dress as a young person, when you start talking to a boy, when you start having conversations with and you people, start plucking your eyebrows, you, start plucking eyebrows <laughs> you know, when you start changing your hair, changing your hair, they thinking, oh my God, there's a boy involved and she wants to have sex. Yeah. And hence why you find in the past that, Cindy, every time your mother would find you with a boy, they say, oh my God, you're going to fall pregnant. And at that time, you're 14 or you're 13 and you really don't understand how standing with a boy is going to make you pregnant. Like by osmosis, the sperm and the, the egg sperm and the are egg going and to meet in the know, air. They're going to meet in the air because you're talking to a boy. And this is what would highly, highly offend young people because they'd feel... If my mother knew I'm not even thinking about sex, I don't even want to have sex. Hence why we've had such naive situations where a boy would invite a girl over to their house yes. and the girl would think they're going to really, really cuddle. The girl doesn't go there thinking, we're going to do it today. This is yeah. the day we're having sex. And this is what adults sometimes do not understand in society in general, that they think that every time a girl is dating or every time a girl says she's in love, then it means that she's ready to have sex. And that's, that's not, not the way it is. We've seen that at Choma. That's not true at all. And I mean, if you want to find out, um, find Choma online, you can find them at www.choma.co.za. And on Twitter, you can find them at Choma Mag. C H O M A M A G. And just speaking about sex and, and stuff around sex, I know that, um, in the health fraternity, a lot of nurses that I used to work with mm. would tell me that they would take their kids. For the injection Like you, your daughter hits 14 And you think Okay yeah. She'll probably start having sex And straight to the clinic She goes to get the injection yeah. I mean Stuff like that Why are people still doing those things And how do we exactly. work around that Exactly I mean that's a, such a difficult situation Because I mean I've had clients in the past That would say The only reason I took her there Is because I had found a pregnancy test For example That said You know um, That showed me that she was thinking That she's pregnant So the reason I went there myself Was to as a mother Try to protect her from having early pregnancy And from that perspective You would almost semi-understand Because you're thinking You know She doesn't probably want to talk to her mother And hence why the mother's saying Okay if you're going to be doing it At least I know that you're safe But the problem there Cindy the problem there is that the mothers, they're not effectively communicating with the child. Exactly. They're not sitting down. They're not having the conversation. I'm not saying in any means that parents are equipped to do this. Not all parents are. But what I'm saying is that what you're communicating to your child is that she is ready or she's about to have sex or she is having sex. Therefore, you don't want to fall in pregnant. And remember, we're in the era of HIV and AIDS where it's highly predominant. But we're not talking about that. So as a mother, as much as the children think and what we've seen at trauma is that they're highly afraid of their children being pregnant more than they are of them being, you know, being 
being infected by HIV. And what they're doing then by saying, you know, um, I'm going to take you to the clinic and get you on contraception is effectively saying to the child that I think you are thinking about sex and you are thinking of having sex and you're probably having sex. So I'm going to do it myself and prevent it without finding out what the child feels, without finding out if the child is ready to even have sex or is even having sex. So what we found as well, you know, obviously we're always thinking about how adolescents are taking things and what they've said to us is sometimes, most of the time, 70% of them say it really offends us because what it says is that you're saying you don't trust me is that the way you present the sex is really, really a bad thing. It's mm. really, really offensive. You really don't like living. You want to die. So when you take me there, you're almost, you know, almost saying that you think I'm irresponsible, that I'm mm. careless, and that I just want to have sex with anyone. And for me, Cindy, what we've discovered with Chomi, the biggest, biggest, biggest for me is that Girls obviously associate sex with love. I mean, you can even ask older women. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, so. they're associated with love. So what tends to happen then is that she will just go into a relationship because this is what she's thinking about. She wants somebody to love. She wants somebody to love them back. And this boy will be thinking sex because boys most of the time do think very differently about sex than girls. Now, boys are very clinical about sex. Yes. I mean, <laughs> sex is just sex. I, I always say to people, and it might sound crude, and I'm really sorry if it mm. does, a hole is a hole. So whether it's a girl or yes. a donkey or a chicken or it's a, a hole or a, you know, I had, to, I had to say that guys can be very clinical about sex. Yeah. And I, and I find that some girls attach so much emotion to it that they do. They get entangled in this mess and to extricate yourself from that entanglement. I mean, I've been there. Oh, trust me. Course, I was, I was course. one of those crashy teenagers and I thought, I thought, you know, I was going to marry the first guy I slept with and it didn't of happen course. like that. But I've been there, you know, and, and I think your platform, gives teens an opportunity to discuss all of these things. I mean, over yes. and above the occasional zits, and I mean, I should zap my zits with Colgate, but <laughs> they can chat to you and the mm. other moderators about things that really of affect course. them. And and self-esteem, I mean, uh, that's oh. something I wrote down for us to discuss. Let's talk about self-esteem. What? Mm. It's a biggie. Self-esteem is. is a biggie. It really is. And, you know, I think coming from the whole self-esteem, just to give an intro to it, one of the things that made us start Choma, I mean, I think Cindy may know, but for those people that do not know, is that we started with a health portal. It was the same in the sense that you could get it on your cell phone, whether it be a feature phone, whether it be a smartphone, you could find this health portal. And what it was meant to do was help to support prevention of mother-to-child transmission type of programs as reminders, you know, for testing, as, you know, also we're trying to get uh, positive mothers to obviously bear negative children. Yeah. So this was a support program. But what we started seeing, we're expecting you're over 25, 35s, and what we started seeing is that there were girls between 15 to 24 that were coming and starting to ask a lot of questions that were besides just, you know, the prevention of mother to child. They wanted to know about sex and love and relationships. Mm. And what we found there is that when they started asking these questions with love and relationships, it was mostly cheating questions. And what these teaching, cheating questions were asking, they were not saying, he's cheating on me, help me know how to move on. They were saying, I'm pregnant. He slept with three other girls in the same street, mm. but I know that he's using them just to get back to me. How can I get him back? There was a huge disempowerment from our girls, and that was... Really, really disturbing, Cindy, because they were not saying, help me know how to cope past him. They were not saying, help me know how to get over him. They were saying, I want to stay and I don't want to lose him, regardless of the fact that he's sleeping with three other girls, regardless mm. of the fact that he beats me up. Mm. I mean, we had one large example when, when a girl was saying, and, I, and this example hits me up because she was saying that, you know, this guy ties my hands down. Every time I don't want to have sex And when he's drunk He ties my hands down My hands down And then he will penetrate me And then when he's done He'll tell me he only did Because he loves me And I don't want to, I don't know what I, I, I want yet mm. So in a way She was being raped in a relationship She doesn't call it rape She just says it was forced But she's saying She's not saying it was wrong 
She's saying, I know that he's doing this because he really wants me and he really and needs he cares me. About him. That's and he cares he about me. That he cares. That's the way that he shows that he cares. And because he says to me, he doesn't want to be forced to go cheat. This is why he does this. So Choma, please help me know how to keep him. But if you could just kind of reduce what he's doing. So yeah. the whole disempowerment, Cindy, the reason why I'm making these examples is to show that our girls were suffering for, from very low self-esteem. Yeah. These girls wanted to be wanted. They wanted to be needed. They wanted to be loved. And if sex was the price they had to pay for it, whether they're that's ready or the, not. That's the currency. That's, that's the, the currency. currency. Then that's what they're going to do. That's, that's what, what they're, they're going, going to, to do about it. So we found that our girls were highly disempowered. Our girls had low self-esteem. Even your clever girls. I mean, we'd go to school sometimes and speak to this one. She's like, oh, me now. Nah, I will never. I will never. He'll never do this to me. The minute she's with her boyfriend, she comes to the clinic and she says, you know, I want a pregnancy test. What happened? You know, he kind of said, if I want a condom, then it means that I don't really love him. And so I don't want to lose him. This is why I'm going to do it. And this yeah. is a girl that could be getting straight A's at a school. So this also showed us that, you know, as much as we've looked at it previously as a so-called socioeconomic issue where we're saying, you know, it's a girl from a very deep town, you know, or from a very deep part of, you know, uh, 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 Soweto who's poverty stricken. It's not always the case. So it's a girl as a whole that needs to be built and empowered. And the self-esteem is something that needs to be worked on. Hence, why we're saying with trauma is that we need to work with you from the inside. So we start from a point of self-love and self-worth. But you don't just say, Cindy, to somebody, Love yourself. And this it's is not that simple. This is it what starts we don't get. It actually starts at home. And yes. I'll give, I'll use myself as an example. So I'm overweight and I've yeah. always been overweight. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I think if I was ever thin, yeah. it must have been my mom's tummy, but I, I grew up as a chubby <laughs> child. And the one thing that my mother instilled in me was a very strong sense of self. And yes. that is why I am the person that I am. Like you can't yeah. tell me anything. My mom always made sure I knew that I was loved and that I could be anything exactly. I wanted to do in the world. So. I've come across fat girls with, with, with who have what I call fat girl syndrome. So you're yes. the one that's always making jokes. Yeah. You're the, you know, you're the one that's always trying to ha- make everyone happy. Exactly. I never went through that exactly. because my mom instilled, as we, you know, that self-esteem from True. from the time I was a child. True. But speaking of speaking of, um, you mentioned Soweto. Is trauma targeted at the black community only? Are you reaching beyond Soweto or beyond? Okay, not, yeah, beyond. The Beyond black. South Africa. <laughs> yeah, like, is it only for black people? Is it only, is it for everybody? How far does trauma reach? So initially, obviously, we're starting to, we started looking at, I mean, I'm sure you've seen stuff like the HRCA study. Initially, it was to help, you know, most of our 15 to 49 year olds, you know, that we know are more like poverty stricken, that have like transitional sex. So we, st- obviously, we looked at this and saw that it's mostly our black girls that were going through stuff like this. Yeah. But it's not only the black girls. So initially, obviously, it was for previously disadvantaged, which we all know is black. Okay. But as time went on, we started realizing this is not just a black problem. This is not just a 15 to 19 year old problem. It's also a 21 to 25 year old problem. Okay. It's also a colored. It's also an Indian. It's also an white issue. Oh, okay. So, so as much as, are you attracting people from, from all, all different communities. all communities. Oh, okay. So initially, obviously, it was for the disadvantaged. It was for people that had no access or nobody to speak to. But let's talk about it. I mean, it's not just uh, the black young yeah. and disadvantaged it's that are going through this. Yeah. I mean, if you go to a northern suburb, a girl that's struggling with a drug problem because she thinks her mother hates her. It's still a problem still because a problem. that's low self-esteem. That's making wrong decisions. That's getting into drugs. That's getting into, you know, kind of spontaneous sex. So Either way, these children are at risk, but obviously we know that Cindy, the highest, highest risk is within our black girls oh, okay. in the community. Yeah. And in terms of role models, um, um, Tulani, have, has trauma identified, um, role models? Who are the role models, you know, women, girls, of course. who are part of trauma? So what we tend to do, and this is, I'm going to answer this very safely. Okay. <laughs> I understand. And the only reason, um, we don't like, like calling them role models. We have ambassadors. We've got champions. Okay. That's a great way. To so the reason why we don't have role models, we feel like we're still building these girls. Okay. Mm. So we feel like we're still building who they are. You know, if I'm 15, there's a chance that 
I might be built and only realize this at 19, who I'm mm. actually supposed to be or be my full self, you know, with ambition that actually understands what I want. So what we're doing, we feel like we're building this young girl to understand herself, to love herself, to understand her worth, to be her own self role model. And then by the time she looks up at somebody, it means something. It's more of an affiliation. It's like what people say when people are in relationships, when they say somebody's supposed to compliment you. Yeah. We don't want these girls looking at a boy T and thinking, I need to be like boy T. You might not be able to pose like boy T. It's going to be a problem. You're going to go back to your little hole, black hole. You might not be able to look like Boiti, but you're going to think you need to look like Boiti. So what we're trying to avoid is having that whole stigma where you've got this perfect role model this that person, you put up, yeah. perfect person that looks perfect in front of everyone. And if this young person cannot reach that, they feel like they failed. So yeah. what we're just trying to do is try to build that young person so that they understand who they are. They believe themselves so much that they can do anything. And then at that point, when they start looking at, for example, one of our main ambassadors is Nomza Mumbata. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at your Nomzamo, you know, for example, I mean, you would know Cindy, you know, we had to research and know what she's doing. And I mean, she, she looks after herself. She knows what she wants. She's a go-getter. We would concentrate on her, on those traits more than saying, our beautiful Nomzam, okay. our good body Nomzam. That's it's fantastic. more of, it's more of saying Nomzam is a go-getter. Nomzam believes that, you know, she does not need a man now because she wants to do A, B, and C. Nomzam feels that this is, you know, life makes her do this. Reading books does this for her. So we're talking about traits and the internal more than we're just talking about who this role model is. And our problem previously was that with 15 to 19 year old, most of the time, when you say role model, they see the looks first. Oh yes. So well, they see the looks isn't first. Isn't the world like that, Sulani? <laughs> and, 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 and I'm happy you bring that up because when I was a teenager, I had acne, right? I had, mm. I had acne. Like if, if someone had said to me, use horse piss. You would have done it. Your face. I would have done it. So I struggled with acne and there's nothing yeah. I didn't try. Oh gosh. And had I known that when I turned 19, when I turned 20, my acne is going to vanish, I'd have just left my zits alone. Exactly. And so what is it about teenagers, young girls and their looks? Like, what can we do about that? Like, what do you say? What do you, I, what I'll say from my part, having yeah. had acne is, your zits will disappear. Trust yeah. me. And if they haven't disappeared, please, you can hit me up on Twitter at DocCindy, D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I, <laughs> and I will try and help you. But of course. What, what do you want to say to young girls? You know, um, this is so cliche. Mm. I mean, I think what I'm saying is so cliche. You know, you're going to do the whole, um, look at yourself internally and work on that first. But, you know, Cindy, I've learned to be very practical. Ne? We use expressions. For example, that's why even when I get people to speak on Chama, I become, I'm very, very careful. You know, people use expressions. We use like euphemisms. With young people, you need to be very straight to the point. So I can say to them, love yourself first, and, but it's the how. The major how question, do how I do, do I love myself? Yeah. Is it, and, and when you say connect with yourself, you know, put yourself first, what does that mean? You have to be very explicit in the way you put it. It's the same thing when you say to them, you know, it's nice to look good because you feel good. I mean, if a, a girl comes to me, like you're saying, with a fat girl syndrome and says, you know, I don't know, I hate myself, I hate myself. If she was my agent, she was my friend, I'd say, my friend, if you don't like what you see, then do something about it. Yeah. But on trauma, there's this girl coming and say, I don't feel good about myself. I don't know what to do anymore. People I hate feel me. Fat. Mm. I feel fat. Obviously, the first part is to let that person work on something internally first, on a worth mm. internally first. It makes no sense for me to say to her, run every morning, start eating your letters, you know, try to have a running group. And she still has not, you know, I think you would understand where I'm coming from when I say to you that if you talk to a person that has internal issues, being big or being a pimple face or, you know, being somebody that's that... Su- that's a superficial process. That's a superficial process, but it damages you inside. Mm. If you don't deal with those emotions, if you don't think you're pretty enough... There's a girl that actually wrote to us, I think it was a couple of days ago, she said, I am so ugly, 
and I'm so tired of being ugly. And she was talking about suicide because she thought she was ugly. And we asked her, you said, what, what is ugly? She says, because I don't look like other people. I don't feel like other people. But you understand that this being ugly to her, however she describes herself as ugly, mm. is an internal thing. She really believes it. She's starting to hate herself for it. She resents herself. And no she matter hates, what you say. No matter what you say. She, yeah. This I is something you. that she believes. So this is almost like having, this is why we want to have a conversation with these young girls because you want to take it through the process of the how. You know, this is how I need to wake up. This is the affirmations I need to start making to myself. This is how I need to start working on being happy. What things do you like doing? What things make you smile currently? Mm. You know, what, what, you know, what things do you do that make you feel excited when you do them? I mean, the other one was saying, Oh my God, I like spending time with my niece. She is the cutest thing. She makes me laugh even on a hard day. And I said, Well, you need to spend more time with your niece. Mm. She said, You know, I used to play sport, but I stopped because I've gained weight. And I said, you know, what are you good at now? I'm so good at hockey and they still want me back. Go back to hockey. So it's stuff that makes you smile, that makes you feel good. Once the feel good feeling is there, it's mm. easier for you to start feeling good about what you're doing externally. I have seen even for people that, you know, were hated themselves for who they were externally. But mm. once they start feeling that, having that feel good feeling and you start working on that as a trauma or as a parent or as a sister or a best friend, it starts making a difference externally. But if you don't start internally, it makes no sense. And hence why you find even with weight loss. We've got people that will lose weight and say, I want to become a size eight. When they're eight, they want to go to six. When it's six, it has to be four. When it's four, it's two. And tomorrow, nothing fits them anymore. They have to buy in the baby section. Why? Because it's never going to be good enough. They and learned so to work the on the exter- Yeah. They work on the external that they don't know what's good enough. They don't know the feel good feeling. Yeah. So it's never going to get there because they did not work on it internally. Well, this is so practical to learn. And, you know, if you're listening, um, I'm, I'm Dr. Cindy Fancel at Doc Cindy, D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I on Twitter. And I'm chatting to Tulani Machere at Tulani Machere, T-H-U-L-A-N-I. M-A-C-H-E-R-E. And she's really giving some fantastic advice and, and tips on, on, on teens and, and, you know, young, young women. Um, Tulani works for HIVSA and she focuses on the teen magazine, um, Trauma Mag, at Trauma Mag on Twitter and trauma.co.za. And just a, 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 like a, a short question before we go, we go for a song break, Tulani. Mm. Um, have you dealt with any young girls who've been, um, sexually assaulted, uh, Sexual abuse And have they If they if they do come out to you What kind of help Do you offer them Are you able to refer them Into care Or into counselling How does that work Yeah refer is very important um, I think Cindy Remembering that we um, The moderators That we have currently That work with this Every day um, are people that do either psychology background or the professional social workers. So in a way, they do already have the counseling experience. So you've handpicked them so, with that experience. Yeah, we've handpicked them okay. with that experience. So what they tend to do, obviously, they don't say, oh, hi, sorry, uh, you've been raped. Go to. So the process will usually be to speak to the young girl first, find out where the girl is at. For example, we've had like three girls in the last three months that have said, I haven't told anybody I was raped. I haven't told anybody I was gang raped. So they were, we were the first people that they actually told about, about the situation. So we do find a lot of sexual assault within relationships and outside of relationships. Mm. So what we then tend to do is that we will give that little point of motivation, but it is important that we refer. So okay. we will refer the girl and then try to even follow up. Okay. Because as, I think you mentioned something important earlier. We were on, on, on Choma.mobi and now we moved to Chomadosiodezere is the bigger website We've yes. just launched it yeah. So the lovely part about it Is because they get to build a profile There is a point where we can go back And start following up And okay. say did you manage to go Yes unfortunately Some of them don't come back And say I did get help And sometimes it fails Our follow up system But in a way If we get to follow up And say you know um, In the first initial conversation This is where you can go This is where you can get, for, get further help And this is what you need to do As I'm saying It's something that we need to 
draw near and talk to them about it first, almost like a little semi counseling first. Yeah. You know, understand, make them understand that we get where they're coming from and that this, they will feel these feelings and they've got every right to do that. But what's going to let them go over this is if they go for a further referral and help themselves out. And anonymity, um, cause on one of the, one of the reasons why mm. the work that I do online in terms of HIV yes. information and counseling is so successful yeah. is because anonymity is guaranteed. Mm. So in terms of trauma, yes, you can form a profile, yes. but are the moderators aware of who you are? Can you make a fake profile with a fake name? Okay, so that's, so yeah, explain that to me. So, on Mixit, it's completely anonymous. Okay. Uh, I think the people that know Mixit know that you can, you know, you can be baby two and nobody knows who baby two is. Okay. And when we moderate half the time, you're coming as an ID. So we don't get to know who you are. Hence why we've got like four times the amount of people on Mixit. Okay. You know, almost half a million of people on Mixit because they know that nobody knows who they are and okay. they're pretty blunt. And then you've got your Facebooks, which you know that people already know that it's very public. Yes. So unless if they inbox us, then everybody gets to see who they are. But even when they inbox us, we get to see who they are, but they know that. Okay. What happens on the new website is that if you're coming in as a common person who has not built a profile, you are not able to interact with the quizzes, you know, you're not, a, you're not, you're not able to build a journal, those type of things, but you're able to go read articles, you know, and read everything that we put up. Okay. However, if you build a profile, only the moderators or only the people that are behind the scenes can see your ID. Okay. okay, and it's up to you if you want to put so up. So I a could pink. have a profile, and I could name myself. I could name myself Beyonce, for example. Yes, but no one else would be able to see Besides the moderator cell yes. behind the name Beyonce. Yes. Okay. So the rest good. of the public doesn't. Even with that, ask trauma questions. Yeah. Um, our agony sister. We don't want to say agony aunt because you know <laughs> she's the sister. What she's what the best friend. Sister is old. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nyashana. <laughs> So you want them to like know the best friend, the sister. Oh, okay. So even with her, when they ask, when they do the ask trauma questions, they can choose to make them private or public. Okay. So That's when they correct. make them public, it's because they want other people to, you know, have a hand in it and say, this is what I think. But when they make them private, they just specifically want to speak to trauma and they want a direct okay. answer from trauma. Oh, thanks. You bring me to my Well, we're back. Um, Tulani and I had such a great laugh just now because Tulani, actually, what are you guys doing for the boys? Like, have we forgotten about the boys? No, not at all. I think what led to this, maybe because I didn't give a bit of history, what led to this, Cindy, is the fact that I think about two, three years ago, girls of the same age were, you know, girls uh, were being four, were four times more likely to be infected than boys of the same age. This was that. I remember it's that. It's gone. Stats. From four to four to eight times more likely to be infected than boys of the same age. And this is due to all these issues and factors that we spoke about earlier, whether it's socioeconomic, cultural, you know, transactional sex, intergenerational relationships, relationships, all those kind of reasons. So because of that, I think based on our funding at the time, we were so worried. We sat down with the Shalice Theron Africa Outreach Project and they were worried about this girl child. We looked at the High for Life portal, which I said was a health portal. We looked at those stats. We looked at the fact that our girl children were feeling so disempowered. 
how to make decisions. And at that time, mind you, every single thing that we're getting and all the, you know, the little, the little, um, Research that we were finding was that these girls were all saying, you know, the guy says, the guy says we shouldn't use a condom. The guy says he's going to leave me. The guy says he's not going to give me money if I don't sleep with him. The guy chased me out of the house when he knows I've got nowhere to go. So what we were finding at the time is that as much as the boy child needed so much help, we needed to empower these young girls because they can not make any decisions for themselves. Mm. And also looking at the scary stuff of saying they're four to eight times more likely to be infected than boys of the same age was highly worrying. So I guess when we sat down with people from the Shady Star on Africa Outreach Project, the thing was what do we do can we create a space for these young women to start telling us why they are so disempowered and for us to start helping them come up with solutions so these solutions were supposed to empower to answer the how should I you know uh, empower myself the how should I believe in myself post my traumas post my rapes post my you know everything that a young person goes through so the reason why we had concentrated on girls at the time was that stat exactly and was also because our girls were highly disempowered more than boys and the other and I must say that when those stats came out the HSRC um Report. It was really shocking. Exactly. I, I think no one was ready for was that. Was ready for that. Yeah. And the other thing is that, I don't know, you can look at any institution. You can look at your church for people that go to church. You can look at your HIV AIDS field. You can look at any time of spectrum that we work in. There are always more girls than their boys. Yeah. So if we look at stats and you find that most of these girls are the ones that are empowered and guys don't really have the time, want the help. Let's start with a group that's willing to listen, that's willing to have that space where they can talk about things and empower. And hopefully if they can make those decisions and say, listen, dude, we're not going to do this if I cannot use a condom. If we have more girls making those powerful decisions, mm. it starts educating our boys into the right information. I used to do groups of boys, ne? just out of track. And we would sit and I'd say, guys, come on, let's just open up. No, I use a condom every time. So when you start in the first, within the first five minutes of the hour, they say, oh, no, we're using a condom. No, we, I use it every time, sister. I use it every time. And then you start talking to them. You start making them comfortable. You find out of the 10 that you're speaking to, seven are not using it. Three have mm. used it sometimes. Mm. But they call it always. And always refers to the fact that every time I see her, we use it. So we have three rounds. I see her. We use the condom for the first round. And then the last two. And then the it. last two, we don't need to, you know. And you would hear the most amazing things. Amazing, mm. I mean, you know, in sarcasm that they would say that, you know, all the dirt, they still call it stuff like that, say all the dirt comes out in the first round. By the time you hit the f- second and the third, there's You're no clean. more dirt. You're mm. clean now. And then, oh, no, I slept with the virgin. Oh, no, you know what? I slept with this girl that's got such a notorious, you know, type of reputation. And now my girlfriend is quite clean. So I kind of believe that if I just stick with her, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You mm. know, oh, my girlfriend tested. So... What we're finding is that this showed us there is a deep, deep need for boys. But this also showed us if these are the same boys that are sleeping with five girls at a time and our girls are all disempowered, they're sleeping with this one guy that's got such incorrect information about HIV. Mm. So if these girls could be empowered to a point where they knew the right information, they could stand up for themselves, regardless of the fact that girls think, if I'm a virgin and you've had five girlfriends, you know better about six. If we can, and it's not true. It's really not true. So if we can empower these girls, you know, in, in a sense that we've got these little three steps with trauma, we say, if we can increase your knowledge, you know, in a way that is exciting, that is fun, that you find that, you know, it, you know, brings you, you know, to the door, that makes you want to read about it. We increase the knowledge. We help you shape your attitude. And once your attitude is shaped, we're hoping that it will lead to behavior change. And this behavior change will then lead to positive life choices. And this is means, obviously, within the love and relationship themselves. Mm. And obviously, we do reach out to boy. 30% of the people that we have on trauma are boys. Okay. So, so the majority still girls, understandably. Yeah, but, but we do have boys. Have, you have boys. And on one, of, one of the moderators said, 
something very interesting yesterday, Cindy. She was saying, it's so funny that out of the 30%, we probably had not point not one that actually asked, uh, where is our space? The rest don't even seem to recognize the pings and realize that this is a space for girls and young women. They're coming on and they're asking, I've got a problem. You know, my, 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 my penis will not stand when I'm having sex. Where should I go? Mm. They're asking honest questions and, and someone has to answer them. Someone has to answer oh, that. They're saying, I've got a girlfriend, uh, you know, and she keeps leaving me for, and we're saying, is this boy disempowered? You know, we've got boys that are coming and saying, you know, I'm within a group of guys and we can't talk about anything but having sex and going to parties and alcohol. And I find that I can't speak to anybody about it. Can you guys help me out? I've got a problem. That is amazing. So, you know, this, what is amazing is the fact that although it wasn't a, a space created for boys, it was supposed to have this little space and room for girls. We have in boys, 30% of boys that are coming on. That is so, that is fantastic. I mean, you can tweet, um, at cliffcentral.com or you can reach at cliffcentral and ask, um, Tulani any questions. And moving on to media and, and pop culture. So I, I am a pop culture <laughs> slut for lack of yeah. a better word. I love pop culture. Yeah. I read everything I can. I think yeah. people know this about me. People yes. call me the liker of things. <laughs> so how much, how much influence, like the, 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 the teens, the young, the youngsters in your, in your, on your, on your platform, mm. the media, pop culture, how much of an influence does it have on them? When, when Kim Kardashian poses nude or yes. when Beyonce doesn't comb Blue Ivy's hair, do those things come up in the, uh, you know, in the chats? They do. They do. Really? I mean, um, so we've got different platforms. We've got, uh, besides your health, besides just your inspiration, we've got your beauty, we've got your fashion, you know, we've got those type of things. So we get in the beauty section. I mean, there was a time when we were introducing, I think it was Rihanna's Mac product or something. Oh, a Viva Glam, one of those yes. products. Okay. So we had to go back and back and back to it because our girls were going, where do you find it? I mean, even girls that were saying I'm broke, they were like, I'm going to save for it. Tell me how much it is. Where do I find it? Well, I want the Rihanna Because Rihanna it. had endorsed it. Wow. And then there was a time we put Alicia Keys on and I think she was talking about testing and da 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 and then everybody says oh wow she's doing great I'm gonna go do it you know mm. it's got a lot to do with it so although there are a bit of negatives in a sense that it's not the media itself that's always negative. It's the fact that it's how our young people, especially our teenagers, portray the messages that are being served. So if, if they look up to, you know, their ambassador or if they look up to somebody that they really like in the media and that person lets them down, they feel like, um, this is something that's happened personally it's to them. It's a catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. It's, it's, it's the world. It's the end of the world. If Rihanna goes through, um, you know, or a boy to anybody else, now we're trying to concentrate a lot of local artists so that they yeah. can relate to them. If something, you know, if they tend to happen that they, this person goes through some, you know, clinical depression that they don't know about and starts dressing up in torn jeans, they will start dressing up in torn jeans oh, without absolutely. understanding what the background of that is. So they'll wear the torn jeans, and, you know, they start stop combing their hair, they'll sleep and drink, and then, I mean, drunken love. If you if you if you heard when I do focus groups, oh the interpretation of drunken love in our oh, teenagers. You know, song. they're thinking this is what we do. And we had our adolescents coming on platforms and holding like hunters dries, and they were like, oh, "This is the ish," you know. And I remember particularly with one of my clients. It's actually an ex client that I used to see face to face that came and then said, you know, and I, I don't know, I saw them with a, like a, there's a bigger version of some cider now. Yes. And she was in there. She was going, "Oh no, nice." And this is how I roll. This is how I chill. Just doing me. And people were attacking and saying, yeah, you've always been a drunk, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And she was crying. You have no right. But at the end of the day, I had to sit her down and tell her, whatever you portray, this is a portray the same thing as people that are in the spotlight. Whatever you portray, you must be ready for people to entertain mm -hmm. it. If I put up a thing of me drinking on Facebook, people can have a thousand interpretations, but mm -hmm. there's something I need to be ready for. And the reason why I keep going back to this role model issue and whatnot is the fact that 
we would love for them to look at uh, look up at these people and look at the more reputable ones, the people that you know carry themselves well. Mm. But obviously, we cannot hide the ones that get drunk all the time and are mm. on drugs. And the fact of the matter is, that's exactly how life is. We mm. don't want to portray it as it's something that is neat all the time. No one's that perfect. is perfect. No Nobody one is. is. Perfect. But at the same time, we wanted them to focus. On themselves so much. Let me influence me with your makeup, influence with my clothes. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But when it comes to actual behavior, you need to look at what you wanna be first before you can actually go out and say, if she's rocking those pants because, you know, or if she's sleeping with people, it must be the coolest things. But pop culture, I tell you, and the media have a large influence, especially the 15 to 19 year olds. And I think, Tony, this is why you're the perfect person for this job because your authenticity comes through. I mean, there's never a time when, when you, you feel as if you're talking from a high horse. Mm. And I think this is why I enjoy what I do because when yeah. I give agony aunt advice, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirts, yes. you know, and, yes. and it's important. I think teenagers and young people hate being talked down to, yes. you know. So I just got in a message from Anonymous who says that, let's be honest, condoms make sex whack. <laughs> and, you know, I like that. I like that. I like that honestly. Because yes, there are guys who hmm. cannot use condoms. I mean, of they course. put the condom on and the erection just goes away. Exactly. I never used to believe it, but now mm. I'm hearing it more and more. Of course. So in a situation like that, I think that's where the female condom comes in handy because mm. if you won't use the condom, then at least let's empower the woman to, to use to the use condom, a condom. And, and you know, maybe then you can get your sex on. Of course. Another thing I wanted to ask you, Tulani, the myths that young people believe. I mean, when I was young, what did I believe? <laughs> I believed all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> but I was just <laughs> But like, what? What kind of issues are you dealing with? Like, um, like what, what, like what, what stuff makes you go, oh no, no, they didn't ask that question. What, what kind of stuff do you come across? Um, the whole sex for the first time, not being HIV infected. Okay. Sex for the first time, I'm not gonna fall pregnant. Uh, if I'm a virgin, I must be HIV negative. If she's okay. a virgin, she must be HIV negative. Is he? If he's a football player and he's got those nice f- legs. He, he can't be, be, he can't, he can't be, be HIV, he can't be HIV positive. If he does everything for me, like a sugar daddy, this is, this is the one I love. I mean, I would love for us to just touch on sugar daddies, for example, with this particular theme. Yeah. We've had so many of our girls asking us, what is so wrong with sugar daddies? Mm-hmm. And I love that question. You know why? Because society thinks that sugar daddies are these horrible people mm-hmm. that have these horrible behaviors on these young kids. Mm. Sugar daddies don't do that. Mm. A sugar daddy does take care of you. Mm. They ask you, hi, baby, how are you doing? You know, I've had to leave my wife just to be with you. Mm, I can be with you every day. I can buy you anything you want. Should you go on a date tomorrow, I'll buy you the dress. So as a young person, you're listening to society saying a sugar daddy is a really terrible person. But remember that to the young child, they don't come across as a horrible person. Mm. They're the nicest person possible. So some of the myths, so some of the myths are the fact that, you know, when they come ask questions, because these sugar daddies are so nice. Mm. They can also be positive because these sugar daddies, they don't go around sleeping with everybody. They just Mm. love them. You they feel chose special. Them. You feel like you're the only you one. You feel in like that you're the only one. So some of the problems that we're facing is people still look at a person and think they can tell if they're HIV positive or not. Mm. They still look at a person and think, I can be pregnant or not pregnant. Mm. You know, we still have myths where people think if they they kind of what do they call it? If you pull out, oh, the pull out game. The pull I out see game. That on Twitter all the time. <laughs> please, if you only pull out, please just carry on. You'll be paying school fees yeah. for the rest of your life. You <laughs> exactly. will have a baby. You will have a baby. So people still believe if he pulls out on time, you yeah. know. So yeah, I'm like, oh, don't worry, pregnant. I won't be pregnant. Say mm. why? Are you on condoms? No. Contraception? No. Um, what how do you do? know? We're pulling out. No, he's good. He like pulls out on time. You know, so those are some of the myths as well. If he pulls out, yeah. I mean, he's done it like seven times and I'm not pregnant yeah. yet. And then there's still also the myth that, you know, if obviously you have sex with somebody that, you know, there's no chance that you will not feel pregnant. And what I mean by that is that people will then come and say, we've been trying for a baby and for some reason we didn't, we do not fall pregnant. So they assume that, you know, when that little bubble that looks like mucus comes out, yeah. they assume that 
the minute it gets into you, you're going to fall pregnant. Boys are still in denial that there's ever anything wrong with the male, that she, he can't have any birth-giving problems. Yeah. So it's always the girl. I think it's the same thing throughout. I think whenever there's infertility in a relationship, the first the person that has to be checked is the woman. It's, the and woman. it's, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Yeah. And, and one of one, yeah, just, just before you move on to yeah. one of the things I want to say about uh, sugar daddies is that what people need to understand, and this is what I've, what I've in my experience from yeah. the letters that I get from older people, is that yes. there are some women and there are some girls who just genuinely will not date younger people. Okay? So there, there, are. Are, there are girls that are just attracted to older men, yes. and there's nothing wrong with that. So mm. I don't have any issues mm. with a young girl dating an older man and sleeping with them for money as long as it's consensual sex and there's an agreement mm. my biggest issue is managing your bodily fluids have a relationship with anyone you want to but, but just make sure that you're empowered enough to use a condom when the time comes mm. my problem comes then where the transactional relationship yes. disempowers you to the extent that you can't decide when a condom should or should not be used mm. that's my problem and and i can tell you one of the i think i think also trauma is not saying listen don't I mean I always make a joke I always say like My my husband is five years older And there was My husband's five years older well. He's my sugar daddy <laughs> He's my sugar daddy So I always go You know what um, It's possible that I'm dating a sugar daddy mm. But there is a difference When I'm 15 And dating a 21 year old Oh absolutely You know um, And there is a problem When I'm 15 Or I'm 19 And dating a 40 year old um, Cindy Generational gap Cultural issues um, Father daughter syndrome you, you You tend not to make Any decision mm. If he gives you so many things, if he's always this bright person who knows what's best for you, because a lot of people that I engaged with sugar days believe that, you know, these guys know what's best for me. Mm. You know, tomorrow, you know, he said, you know, I can misculinify and go to Durban with him because, you know, he'll help me catch up. He used to be good at maths. Even tiny things, they believe in every mm. sense that this guy knows what's good for them because they've got experience. They know what to do with sex. They know what to they do. They make you feel good. They make you feel good. So the only problem that we tend to have is the fact that they usually can't make decisions when they're in transactional relationships. Mm. And this is the risk that we're facing right now. And is that's that, what my worry is, that if you're yes. going to be in, a, in an in intergenerational relationship and you cannot make decisions about yes. how sex should happen, when sex should happen, and things like that, then you need to... You know, they, exactly. they need to be an intervention. That's, exactly. that's where I draw the line. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and usually that's the problem. They cannot make decisions. And this guy discusses. You know, he de- he he decides what happens in the relationship. Yeah. He has sex with his wife, and most of the time, if he's got a wife, they're not using protection. Mm. So they might be having the six month year old, six month baby, and then he might be sleeping with you. So they're quite. He's having it on all sides, and if he cheats on you. He still doesn't use a condom mm. because sometimes you find that most of the trend with sugar daddies is that they'll have this permanent older person, but then they'll have a various, like they'll have a, a 20 year old and a 35 year old oh. and they'll have a 26 year old. Mm. So you find in most cases that all these girls are feeling special. They're coming from different places they don't and they all don't other. use a condom with the sugar daddy. Yeah, no, it's and a, this yeah. is the highest risk. Yeah, it's a very difficult situation. Mm. And what about schools? What roles? Do the teachers play? Is there any is there any empowerment happening? I know that schools have life orientation skills, and I always say that it's so unfair for uh, of us as parents mm. to expect our teachers to teach our kids those things. Yeah. If we can't speak about sex to our kids no. or relationships or boyfriends or pimples or crushes, yes. why should we expect the teachers to do it? No, so what's your enough. what's your take on that, Tulani? My take with that is that okay, so we've got life orientation, right? Yeah, I like the way your face is changing. <laughs> I feel the same way about life orientation. I'm like LOS. Oh, please don't tell me about LOS. <laughs> Like, like seriously, I wish I could write the curriculum for LOS. I promise you, I would love to be an LOS teacher because I'm like, girls, this is how it goes down. And boys, you know what I mean? And if you look at the syllabus, it is a great syllabus. But the problem is that it's the people offering it. Yeah. Okay. So the one school I went to about a month ago, the one school I went to like a month ago, Cindy, 
um, the teacher was a was a pastor. Oh no! So, so when already he goes, already he doesn't talk sex with kids. This oh, is yeah. his words. I don't talk sex with kids. I don't allow kids to tell me if they're having sex. I will not let kids go to hell. Okay. So basically, what he's saying, okay, he's basically saying I skip all the pages where it's sex related on the on the syllabus. I skip all the pages where it talks relationships. I will stick to stuff on basic and general health issues, and then the rest of the period he's preaching to the children. Mm. So and that's LOS. This is yes. So what what he's basically saying is it's not my job. And if you parents want to lead your child astray to go to hell, this is what you'll do. So what I'm saying with that basic example is what tends to happen at the school area is that a lot, a lot, a lot of teachers personalize these kids as their own. And yeah. once they do they're that, uncomfortable. they're uncomfortable talking about sex. They're uncomfortable talking about relationships. Hence, when you go to school, I mean, there are those few schools where you'll be delighted. You're like, she speaks, she speaks to you about that. Yeah, when I have a problem, this is who I go to. And you'll be delighted. But that's like a three out of ten. Yeah. The seven out of ten, Cindy, no. And, and, and I'm so happy you said that because that is the honest truth. That is the problem with life orientation skills or any, yes. or any platform where we are expecting other people to speak yeah. to our children exactly. about things like sex and reproduction. Exactly. The person that's having to teach has to be comfortable with what they're doing. And yes. I'm, uh, if there, if there are any teachers out there, I, I love talking about sex. I can talk about sex all day, all day. and all night. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I want to do that. I mean, part mm. of the work that I want to do is to give health talks and speak you about these to. things across, across yes. all ages. Yes. Because we can't ha- live in a country with a high rate of HIV mm. and be speaking about HIV every day exactly. when we aren't speaking about, about sex. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make I mean, sense. it's like saying to a young girl who thinks sex is love, you keep talking about HIV, use a condom. If I'm talking about this disempowered girl who can't make decisions in a relationship, who's not thinking about sex but love or a relationship, and I just say use a condom, it means absolutely nothing. So we need to look at messaging. If we're going to say we're putting these messaging across, these messages across, we need to be saying, how do I empower her in the relationship? How do I empower her personally? Once she can make decisions for herself and within a relationship, I can start talking about HIV, uh, HIV uh, prevention because then it makes sense to her. Yeah. But if she's disempowered, what am I talking about? And what about careers, Tulani? Do you get lots of queries about careers and yeah, career we guidance? Lot. We okay. get a lot, and and we love that. So, and who's moderating that? Pet, that that that. It's still we still our moderators still do. Oh, okay. Our moderators still do. So, um, what we love also about Charm is the fact that because we're trying to build them up so much, they start thinking about careers and what they should be doing and how do they find out what they're good at and how to build even how to build a CV. And we entertain all of that because that's part of our aspiration. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, so they will ask. We want Charm to be that person. You know, although we know it's a whole panel of people sitting behind it, we want Chama to be that person where I want to speak boyfriend. I can speak to you, my BFF. I want to speak career. You're my older sister. You're my BFF. That I can speak to that about. If I want to speak mother-child relations, you can talk to me about that. If I want to speak, you know, that tertiary is not going well. I've got stress exams. I can speak to you about that. That's who Choma is. So she's the one that's been through it. Like you were saying, you've been through it. She's been through it. She's done that. She got the t-shirt, but she decided I'm doing better with my life. She's not like she's a well-established. She's done it. She is professional. She does not take, um, you know, she doesn't take stuff lying down. She stands up for herself. Yeah. But also she's friendly. She wants to talk to you about absolutely anything that you inspire to be. Mm. So we do get a lot of questions that are career orientated. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Mm. So just, yeah, just to wrap up, um, Tulani, um, I think for me, I know that um, I'll be involved with trauma mm-hmm. and I'll be focusing primarily on the health side yes. of, of, of things. I'm really excited to be part of this, of, of this of project. Course, yes. Um, just what, like a, a final message for everyone that's listening. What do you want to say about trauma? I've, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. This has been fantastic. <laughs> and I've loved this. And just to touch on the LO thing, 
uh, just to just a highlight is that some of our girls are coming and saying, "Do you know how I passed my LO exam? I was reading Choma. We were so proud because they said they actually had to read Choma. So what I want to say is that please log on to Choma. Find us on our Facebook page. Just look for Choma Magazine. And what are all the names? Just give us all the. So if you go on our Facebook, it's Choma Magazine. If you go on Mixit, it's my Choma. If you go to Twitter, it's at Choma Mag. So if you find us on any of these platforms, or Choma.co.za or Choma.mobi. What you find on all of these platforms is a space when you can talk about absolutely everything. We've got your future, your, your, your beauty, your fashion, your entertainment. We've got your inspiration. And we also make health information more exciting. So you don't only have to talk about HIV and AIDS. You talk about something you pimples, don't understand. Pimples, everything. Pimples. What's happening with my body? Why don't I understand what's happening? I suspect I've got an STI. Oh, my God. I think my discharge is a smell. I don't understand what's going on. All those questions that sometimes deter us from getting health information or getting the right help. Please, assist us. she's your BFF. She's your older sister. She's everything you'll ever be looking for. So, Cindy, this was great. I loved it to bits. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you much so for coming. Much.